everybody, this is Townsend. Thank you so much for tuning in. The goal of this podcast is to cover a vast variety of topics regarding mental health, struggles, share people's stories, and hopefully remind you that you're not alone. I hope you enjoy. Uh, I'll let you do a little introduction. I was telling them that you're from THV 11, that you probably look a little bit familiar because uh, you're on the show, The Vine, which they can find in the morning times, like I said, on channel 11. Uh, and I wanted to chat with you about Alzheimer's, just kind of do one-on-one, sit down and chat with it. Because we talked about it this morning. I was on The Vine, channel 11, sitting down with Miss the- Theba, and we talked about tonight. And I was telling her how just it seems to be so relevant right now. Everybody knows at least somebody struggling with some type of dementia, I feel like. Don't you feel like that? Well, it certainly seems that way with, I'll be 57 years old. And so it does seem that way for my age group. Um, What I find interesting, though, when growing up, um, my mother never talked about Alzheimer's. Now, both of her parents passed away, uh, both from different cancers. But it is a word, uh, dementia and Alzheimer's, that uh, was absolutely foreign to me. Okay. Um, until I started noticing changes. Uh, now, real quick, my father passed away in 2019 from dementia Lewy body. It's a more aggressive type of dementia. Diva, introduce yourself to everybody. I kind of did a little bit, but tell them a little bit about why I have you on here. What are we here to discuss? Well, uh, the journey of Alzheimer's, um, uh, specifically as a caretaker, uh, yeah. first with my father and now my mom, um, I share a home here with my mom, so she could just walk in here any minute. I love <laughs> and, it. and, uh, because with Alzheimer's short-term memory is null and void. So even though I told her what I would be doing, uh, that does not register with her. So um, if I'm not around for a little while, she will begin to uh, find ways to interact with me like the cat or she'll have a question or it's too. In a minute, I will probably start sweating because we have a a battle over the air conditioner. Uh, She's always cold. I'm burning up. I'm in menopause. So uh, that could happen. So anything could happen. Um, Start to sweat throughout the live stream. Yeah. Or her come in or, uh, but uh, I have been with THV uh, 11 for 25 years. Oh, wow. uh, Working specifically in uh, the marketing department, Um, transitioning over the last couple of years to be uh, a bigger part of the producing team for the Vine. Um, and then the pandemic handed me the most interesting opportunity, and it was really only by necessity. What, yeah. And that was uh, to interact uh, from my home right here. Yeah, This was my background um, with Ashley. So poor little Ashley during the pandemic wasn't <laughs> in her, uh, in the studio all by her lonesome. So uh, that oh, she can handle it. She's so, so during the pandemic, um, you know, they were looking for content and I figured, wow, all right, well, I'm here taking care of my mom. I just gotten through taking care of my father. Why not um, 
start doing Thebes tips on Thursdays and the vine was open and welcome. And then it was obvious how interactive that was and how important that was to others. Um, so then I felt like, well, I, I have my tips on how I try to do things or what I've learned in classes and support groups. But uh, so I started partnering up with Alzheimer's Arkansas and Alzheimer's Association, also CareLink, just to get some information out there. So because I can tell you, when you get that diagnosis as the loved one, it is a slow panic. Yeah. Um, and that's, I don't, you're still going to have that kind of panic. But the faster that I was proactive and, and got with support groups and went to classes and tried to learn, the more empowered I felt. Was it depressing still, uh, the grief of the situation? Yes, but I was empowered and that helped me sleep at night. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to You're Not Alone with Townsend. If you're enjoying these live streams and podcasts and want to see them continue, head over to patreon.com slash Music. Your support means that the research and time and effort that goes into each one of these episodes can continue and we can reach out to more guests and do more awesome things in 2022. All right, back to the conversation. So just kind of for um, kind of layman terms, so dementia is an overall decline in memory, reasoning skills, problem solving, but that's kind of like the big umbrella. So dementia has a ton of different branches you can go off from. So to say you have dementia is like this big umbrella of a major loss in memory skills or problem solving reasoning like you and I go about our daily habits, paying bills and driving and all of those things. And then you get diagnosed with dementia, but there are different factors, different branches, like I said. So you've got Alzheimer's, Lewy body, which you mentioned with your father, you've got vascular, you've got Parkinson's. And so I think some people forget um, that dementia is just kind of the wide umbrella term of that and it breaks off into segments. And so your mom had Alzheimer's and your dad had Lewy body, correct? Sure. So what we thought dad had at the very beginning before I moved here was Parkinson's. That's what he was okay. diagnosed with. Um, and with his age, cognitive memory impairment. Um, but until I moved him here um, and we went to a professional, it was apparent to a professional that he had... Um, uh, Lewy body, which has Parkinson-like symptoms. So his arm would shake. Um, he would drag uh, his feet, specifically his right one. Um, and then, of course, his thinking patterns uh, were extremely effective. They were affected by, like, uh, hallucinations. So that goes with Parkinson's, too. So he would he would see bugs and cats, not every day. And if he did, he certainly didn't share them because I knew, you know, there was part of him that thought I shouldn't share that. But, um, and so uh, mom's was diagnosed as the cognitive memory impairment. Um, that you can have that and it never go into dementia. Yeah. Isn't that called MCI? Mild cognitive impairment. So you get diagnosed with that. And if you get diagnosed with that, which is actually pretty common in adults, it can then progress to dementia or right. stay in that MCI branch. Right. Right. You know, and of course I was hopeful, prayerful sure. that it would not go any further, but it escalated in 2016 after her sister, her best friend of forever passed away. 
at first I thought that it was grief. Yeah. So I went to these classes and I, I was, I think I was determined to think that it was grief. Yeah. So I would ask certain questions and then be kind of like, uh, no, it's not grief. Grief is grief, but then it's a terrible thing. But some of the things that I was experiencing with her, <clears throat> you know, they put a pit in my stomach, sure. that kind of, like that's not normal. I remember grandma and grandpa and they didn't do those type of things or say those type of things. So I, uh, that slow panic began and, uh, uh, and I began a very fervent, uh, prayer routine, uh, more so, uh, because I just did not feel adequate. I felt afraid, um, I just didn't think I could do it. And of course, God has shown me his presence every step of the way. And he certainly did with my dad. And uh, so I relied on that heavily as well as experts and support and my friends. Oh, absolutely. So Alzheimer's, something kind of interesting to me that I have learned just through. So uh, I'm a speech therapist as well. And for eight, nine years, I worked in the nursing home setting, which I was telling you about. Um, I quit that job back in January, February of this year. However, most of my clients and a lot of my degree is based around dementia and Alzheimer's. So this is a topic I'm very familiar with, but although I was a caretaker in that setting, it's different when it's your mother and it's in your house. But something I found super interesting mm -hmm. with dementia was dementia can be caused or can be uh, exasperated by grief or by stress. Sometimes it can be caused by uh, medications from those things. So it's like a medicated dementia. And then once you get off those medications, it can be reversible. And so the mm, difference interesting. Between, yeah, so the difference between those two is one is an irreversible cognitive impairment or disease, disorder, whatever you want to call it. And then there are a couple of dementias that are actually reversible, which can be caused by medications and things like that. Right. I have read yeah. a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so super interesting. So there are a lot of factors and we'll kind of get into that a little bit later, but a lot of factors that can exacerbate or speed the process up. One I saw was um, we'd have family members come into the nursing home and you know, mom is 80 years old. She had dementia diagnosis from five years ago, but she was doing perfectly fine, but she had a hip surgery. And now mm. she's just in her own world and it would just blow their mind. But surgeries and medications can just skyrocket those um, diagnoses. And I saw that all the time. All right. So with your mom, that's just, just kind of a blur. How long yeah. ago did you receive the diagnosis? So you talked about it kind of hit harder so yeah i would say before 2017 is when i received the diagnosis um yeah. but before that um it was probably years before that several years before that that i began to get a little nervous like yeah sure concerned about traveling um it it just seemed more than because she was retired so it just seemed more than just someone who didn't have anything to do, right? So, um, and so I began the process of just talking to general uh, doctors, uh, her general doctor. And of course, they always do just the regular cognitive memory test. It's very 
you know, uh, yeah, basic birds. Like I'm back. To me. Yeah. And what she, month? Yeah. And she would do really well. She was an overachiever. That's you know, so studied. And so, hang on a minute. Yeah, I'll. Speaking <laughs> of. Um. So this is also where we work on the puzzle. Oh so. yeah, that's right. I've seen those videos on your page. So did, did she notice signs? Yeah. So here's the thing for sure. It created a, it, she has never suffered from high anxiety, but it yeah. created anxiety, which was unusual. So that is another thing I was taking notice of really like panic attacks. Um, and yeah, again, this is before the diagnosis. So I was like, oh my gosh, my mom's losing her mind. What's right? She's having a nervous breakdown. You know, I was just like, well, what is happening? Yeah. So um, because I traveled a lot with my father at the time, would go overseas, um, I just, it began to worry me. Would she, how is she going to do by herself? Like, and again, this is pre diagnosis. I just felt uneasy about leaving her. And, she would always assure me and we had friends and we would, uh, you know, connect with her. But um, it wasn't until, her, so her sister passed away in 2016 and I took her and dad. Um, now this is before his proper diagnosis too. So I took two parents with Alzheimer's to go visit my brother in Hawaii. Bless you child. And it was rough, yeah. but that's where I was able to know because traveling is not recommended, right? So yeah. that's, but that, because of that, being away from home and away from their pets and out of a comfortable environment, this is where they began to really show signs. And my brother and I were like, wow, okay. So yeah. once we got back, I, it was a month after we got back, my dad went into more of a panic and I just said, dad, what? He goes, I don't wanna live alone, I'm scared. And I was like, okay, what, do you, what would you like to do? And he goes, I want to live there by you. And so I moved him here in a month. Um, and, and again, he, he seemed fine. Again, we were dealing with what was considered Parkinson's type of symptoms. I took, I, we went biking. We, he walked the dog. And then slowly but surely, um, I noticed things like his inability to make a sandwich. It would yeah. just throw me. And so that, and then he could make coffee. And uh, so he couldn't figure out the air conditioning. So this was pretty significant. And, it, and for a Lewy body, it, it happens very rapidly. Once it begins happening, it happens pretty rapid. So my brother came and, uh, and stayed for about eight, nine months. Uh, because I was, I was basically, I tell my friends, I got to where I was standing in Kroger looking at the cereal for 30 minutes and I knew, and this is where the whole mental health comes in. Yeah. I thought, how, why can't I do this? What's going on? You know, why, why can't I function? Like what's going, I thought I, 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 I couldn't leave and I couldn't run away and I couldn't stay. I was just stuck at the time. I did have a, I began seeing a therapist to have some tools because one of the things that happens when your parents begin a change, uh, you begin your grief, uh, grieving process, but also um, my moving my dad here close to my mom and us all interacting created triggers. 
childhood triggers and yeah. I was unawares, I, you know, so I knew that I needed to have somebody on a regular basis talk to about my own mental health tools, healing stuff, you know, um, and then of course the support groups, uh, people sharing, um, tips and ideas and thoughts and their experience with Alzheimer's. So, uh, that all began very, but I was strung out, you know, I was, can't imagine. I was grateful that my brother came and helped with that load. Yeah, absolutely. So what was the, you know, you talked about, they were kind of got super anxious and things just kind of sort of started to change. What were the big red flags that y'all were like, all right, we need to go to a doctor. Well, mom what was like the biggest, I mean, thing yeah, for mom in particular, um, 2016, oh wait. Yeah. 2016 is when her sister passed. Right. So it'd be probably about a year that we took a trip, um, to visit my brother in Hawaii. And, uh, we were standing in his kitchen and she looked at me and she said, Theba is Aunt Faye dead. And I was like, yes, ma'am. So that was, she was, she was pondering whether or not her sister was still alive. And that's more than grief right there. And I was just like, huh. And so just a couple more things. Oh, and then of course the typical, she was on her way. I mean, we've lived her over 40 something years and she was on her way to a regular doctor's appointment and got turned around and got lost and couldn't find it and called me in a panic and, and drove herself home. And uh, the third thing would be she called me with a panic attack because she had taken a shower and prior to getting in the shower, she'd gotten a Coke out of the refrigerator and left the Coke on the kitchen table. And when she got out of the shower and found the Coke there, she was certain someone had come into the house and uh, helped themselves to a Coke. And now. Yeah. So again, I drive home and we have a panic attack. Um, so yeah, things like that. So these, these are things that they would notice and sure, not yes. know how to respond to and create panics. Dad was pretty, he was a little bit different about it. He, he had a, they both have a great sense of humor, but dad was more because of his personality. He was more like, he was waving the, the white towel, man. He was like, yeah. I need help. Yeah. I, I drove home from the tennis court and left a bunch of students on the court when I just <laughs> thought I was going to the restroom. Like he, he said, I'm going to go to the restroom and then just drove home. So he, he was, yes, I'm sure alone because no one was there with him. He panicked, but at least he, he quickly, um, would tell me, um, you know, I need help. So, uh, mom, hmm, that was a, that was a road. Yeah. A little more stubborn maybe. Mm -hmm. Like dad was like, here's my finances. Here's my checkbook. <laughs> Come get me. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and mom's like, I can balance my checkbook. Yeah. I am never late on a payment in which that was not true anymore. But I was not telling the truth. Yeah, that sure. is impossible because those sure. are things she did religiously. Yeah. Well, so, I can't yeah. how tough that is to have someone tell you you're wrong. Um, to just to say, I mean, if I broke into a house, I'm pretty sure if you had a cold Coke, I might make myself at home just yeah. to make that. I mean, I might would steal a Coke for me, uh, and leave it on the kitchen counter. So she makes a valid point. Um, wow. so <laughs> what are, what are some tips and tricks that you've come to learn? So 
one I want to say your videos make my week of you and your mom so you've kind of started being very open with her um, as far as social media goes which is why I reached out to you uh, I send them to my mom and to my friends because they're just the sweetest thing uh, one thing you talk about you kind of hold her hand walking around the neighborhood and you still do your little walk you stop and get rocks and she's hilarious she's very sassy and I love that she still has that sass and you just kind of talk her through it you know if she wants to stop and get 50 rocks you let her stop and smell the roses and pick up all these rocks um, and I love just watching your journey through that so one thing I noticed you mentioned that she hates taking showers like it just called her a lot of anxieties so you made a little board that was like Tuesday is shower day or whatever and today yeah that day. worked for just a little while <laughs> I was gonna say what are some tips and tricks so I've had several people you know I posted what are some questions you'd like to ask Theba uh, I had a lot of people ask about support groups which will come to that at the very end and okay. I had a lot of people ask about tips and tricks so what are some little things you've learned to adjust to kind of help with those anxiety attacks so it's really hard at the beginning because you always want to keep telling them the truth about things. And then you learn in these groups that they call them little fiblets, that, that it's just important to go ahead and kind of fib about something. Like if it's going to create anxiety or if it's going to create a combative nature, then it's not about being rational at this point. Um, they are slipping into a childhood mentality. And so first and foremost, if you're beginning to see changes in your parents, one of the blessings, and again, God has, he has orchestrated many blessings in regards to these steps, is to begin having that discussion while they're in the cognitive memory impairment where they can make decisions. Now it may be hard. They may not want to give you the power of attorney because it's not because they don't trust you. It's just, again, they're really, they're having to come to terms with this. So again, my parents trusted me fully, but to release stuff to me was a, an admission to them that they weren't doing well. So it is, it's going to create tension. And so this is where I would encourage anyone, go ahead and find a support group ASAP. Um, you are not going to win battles. And it's not about winning battles. It is about getting the resources to learn how to navigate this journey with your loved one in the most caring, in the most sweet way. Now, those videos you see, I couldn't have done those two years ago. I had to come to a point because I'd been praying fervently that I wanted to see the joy in this journey. Yes, Heavenly Father, it is going to be tough. And thank you that I'm not alone in it. But I want to see the joy. You tell us to honor our mother and father, and I need you to show me what that looks like for both of them. I had two totally different relationships. Obviously, I'm very close to my mom. I was semi-close to my dad. You know, um, I loved him. But he was a little bit of a stranger to me. Uh, nevertheless, I was called to honor him and I respected and loved him. So I was going to do everything I could to make his life 
as comfortable as possible. There are so many things that you can't and aren't responsible for. The, the thing that you, you're not responsible for changing their mind because you can't. So you, what you want to do is make sure, number one, they're safe. Safe, safe, physically safe. Um, and so if for my father, he had a Louis body, which meant he didn't pick his feet up and balance problems were big time. So you had, we had to remove rugs in his apartment and uh, tabletops that he could fall into. So that's the physical safetyness. Now, the way you offer, this is key, the way you offer emotional safety is you've got to watch your tone. You've got to watch your facial expressions. You have to, and this is so difficult at the very beginning, change. Because a lot of times it's your ego. You don't want this to be happening, and you're going to say or do anything to convince yourself and them that this is not happening. So you want to not use things like, I remember I told you, you know. And usually, see how my face was just then? Because yeah. if you're going to say, remember I told you, it's usually with a scowl. Yeah, absolutely. They are ultra-sensitive emotionally to your emotions they are reading the life they are they are looking at their life now through how you do with them because they're scared and now my dad said he was scared uh, a lot and that's great because i could go with that it took a while for mom yeah. to, to talk about being scared um and so you want to begin it is all on you and that's a lot of pressure so support groups if you need and can't afford to go to a therapist go to a therapist and deal with some of your childhood stuff because you're not going to be able to deal with it now with them do not have an expectation that something that happened when you were 16 years old or 21 years old you're going to solve or figure out or get forgiveness for or you know whatever right. or forgive them for now so please find the therapist to get some tools to help you with your own triggers because it's going to happen. It is going to happen. I'm telling yeah. you there are nights that I would I lay there and I know that I'm not conscious of it, but I'm real sad. So that's where I have to stay on top of my mental health and, and make sure because I'm someone who's struggled with depression since 16. So I've got to stay on top of that because this is a load, especially if you're working. Sure. Oh, I can't imagine. Those are fantastic tips. Things I would have never thought about, um, like seeking therapy for yourself. That is amazing. Cause well, you, the, the stats are the stats of the, if you think about it, the stats of a caretaker, because there are times I'm so worn out oh, and okay. I know I need to make a doctor's appointment for myself, but I just, I'm in this mood, like, forget it. Yeah. What's, you know, I mean, there are stats that are very shocking about a caretakers will sometimes die before their loved one God. because of their own health and, and stress level. Yeah. Oh, um, I can imagine yeah. on your life plus theirs, plus all the burden, plus you're grieving really a lost parent. I mean, at that exactly. Point, um, taking yeah. a whole new role as now the adult rather than the child, but yeah, dealing with childhood trauma, which we all have. I mean, that's just kind of part of growing up. Nobody had a perfect life. Um, that's really good. That's fantastic. Um, so other than them, so dementia can be, they're not 100% sure where it comes from, but it can be uh, hereditary. It can be environmental. It can be uh, exercise and eating and all of those things. It can be stress calls like we talked about earlier. So going from hereditary, did anybody other than your mom and dad have that diagnosis? 
No, I would think my mother's uh, mother probably is the closest. Now, liver cancer ended up taking her. But now that I know, I'm telling you, we were into it all the time. Yeah. Uh, Because of her personality type. And I thought she would do and say things just to be mean. And my brother and I have discussed this, and we think she had some dementia. And partly uh, because she also had what they called Parkinson's. Now, even when she, when I was younger and my grandmother was getting older, I'm telling you, it is very difficult to find a doctor here that specializes in that. Um, so, I mean, it's beginning better and better, but uh, my my mother would not have, like my father, she was probably told she had Parkinson's. But now that I see some of the things that she did, because she she lived with us as well uh, way back and uh, when my grandfather died. So uh, he not in his area and his and my dad's mom um, and she she died of old age. She was 90 something years old and sharp as a tack. So she didn't have any of that. And then his paternal his father died of cancer very early on lung cancer. So uh, yeah, and so I'm, my brother and I are always talking about it. Uh, you have to be really careful. Um, you know, early onset's early onset. You know, that usually happens in your 50s and 60s, and usually early onset, and anyone can correct me because I, I certainly don't want to, but I noticed that when someone has early onset, then they, it is passed down early onset. So um, the chances are higher. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, but... I have to be very careful right now and not just assume like, I wonder if I have it, you know, because the reality is, is like my therapist said, you're dealing with a lot. You're taking care of your life. You're taking care of your mom's life. You're working. And so that is going to add a load to you. And I'm not getting any younger. So I'm going to be 57 and I'm going through menopause. So I'm already dealing with fogginess. So yeah. I can't just, I can't lay there at night thinking all of a sudden I've got dementia, sure. you know? Yeah, so Absolutely. that's where therapy comes in handy again. I mean, you got to be able to decipher between those things and even just take care of yourself, your, your health. You know, it's something that uh, triggered a long time ago and it's really just stuck with me is you got to put in the plane, you put your oxygen first before right. you put somebody else's on. And it really sticks with me because how are we going to care for other people if we don't put ourselves first, make sure that our cup is full before we pour into somebody else's cup, right? You're not gonna That's be exactly right. Somebody, especially your mom through all these things if your cup is empty. Um, well, that's fantastic. So what have you found with your mom? What helps kind of calm her when she does come to you scared or does come to you anxious? Staying calm which is not something I would like. I, I remember one time when I, I don't even know, I thought my mom broke her arm. She fell down, but she didn't. But I, I thought I, I passed out. I don't know. Oh, so I'm just saying I, I, I never handled those type of things. Well, yeah. when my mother wasn't feeling well or if she like grabbed her heart, like she had like yeah. gas or something. I was like, <gasps> you know, so I've had to grow up really fast sure. and the calmer I stay. So it's about always staying as calm as possible. Again, I can't reiterate tone. The words you use are critical. You got to remember, they're, they have a brain disease. Their brain is dying, uh, but they're still who they are. So 
for instance, I probably am enjoying my mother more than I've ever had because her personality and her wit, she's so witty. And that is because my brother and I talk about it. It's because she's let go of control. So it's a really beautiful thing to be a part of. And when we're on our walks and she says some of her zany stuff, I mean, and that's not like dementia stuff. That's her, you know, and I'm like, where's this lady been all my life? But as a mom and as a, you know, a a single mom from about 20 on, uh, she had to, you know, be different and she had to take care of her parents and, and take care of the household. So I can see where, you know, she didn't allow herself to enjoy very much, but so, and again, all right. So something else that you will find is that they will begin to do strange things. They will move stuff. Um, you have got to pick your battles and really your only battle should be don't cross the street. You might get hit by a car, get back here. You know, my, my point being that if it is life risking, that's the battle you want to go after because um, they're not going to make wise choices. But what if she wants to collect rocks and put them in a bucket and we've got a huge bucket letter. My dad was obsessed with sweeping and raking. Okay. okay. Um, let them, their world has now become very, very small. And if she wants to obsess about the cats, I mean, it was really hard at first. Cause I was like, yes, the cats are inside, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, um, if she wants to feed them on the floor and not in the bowl, let them. The more that you battle with them, the more inferior they feel. Um, and they will begin to get really down and then they won't trust you. They won't trust doing things around you. And again, you want to create that atmosphere because I needed to know if my dad saw bugs on the ceiling and an extra cat that wasn't there. I needed to know that and I didn't need to overreact to it. He Because I can tell you, they look at you and they will, they are reading you. Yeah. Um, you're their loved one. And they are, they realize that they are dependent on you. It's not easy for them. It's not easy all of a sudden for you. But they are. So they are reading absolutely everything that's going on in your face and with your tone and your body language. Yeah. That's and then you got to cut yourself some slack because sometimes I'm impatient. I'm yeah. tired. I'm cranky. And then I feel so, I sit, get so down on myself and I'm just like, come on, you know, be kind. Why did you, you know, why'd you lose your temper and say that? Uh, but you got to cut yourself some slack because it's not easy, but it does get easier. It does get easier as you, as you loose, loosen your need to control the situation. Yeah. Oh, that's, I can't imagine. Like you come home from, like you said, especially working, you come from home from work some days you have a bad day, there's traffic, work didn't go well, somebody made you mad. The usual life things where you would come home and just, whew, you come right. home being a caregiver. It's hard too, because when I don't feel well, I want my mommy. Yeah. And I'm not going to have that mommy. Um, they, do, they don't do well if you're not doing well. So oh. if you're sick, it scares them. But also... I could tell my mother I have a really bad stomach ache and she can be empathetic for like two seconds. And then of course, five minutes, she doesn't remember me saying that. So her next thing is, why are you laying in bed? 
it up. And I'm like, I have a stomach ache. Oh. So be ready to, to, to say that 10, 20 times because you're going to have to. But it is. You have to also be, again, you got to be kind to yourself because you are wanting your mommy, you know. And um, my mommy used to go get me, you know, my medicine or make me some oatmeal. But they don't do well if they think you're not doing well, because remember, they know they're not doing well. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's tough. You talked about um, going to therapy for yourself and you kind of suffered with depression since mm -hmm. you were um, a teen, really. So when did you start realizing I've got to take care of my own mental health? Was that an adult? Oh, sure. That was, yeah, that was in my late twenties. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously I knew I was dealing with it when I was in my 16, 17, 18, and then we had some family trauma um, that escalated it, but also uh, because of the family trauma that was going on around me, I wasn't a priority, and I made sure I wasn't a priority. Does that make sense? So you know that all of a sudden the attention needs to go to the person that's really hurting, and so you fake it till you make it. Um, and you don't want to occupy anyone's attention or emotional attention because they're hurting. So, um, so I, and I think too, for me as a, a believer, as a Christian, I thought I could just pray it away. Um, and then I was upset when that wasn't true, you know? So I had a really neat lady one time tell me, she goes, well, Theba, <clears throat> Why don't? Why? Why do you have an issue with taking an antidepressant? It's like it just doesn't seem Christian. I'm not relying on my my heavenly Father. And she's like, "Well, do, when you have a headache, do you take aspirin?" I was like, "Yeah." So she was trying to make a point. Well, God, you know, he he had someone design and give us, you know, Tylenol. And I was like, "Oh," I was like, "Sign me up then." <laughs> I need double dose. I need something. So then I had another great doctor just talk me through it. And, and it's not a weakness, Theba. You're not weak. You're not a weak, you know, believer. And God's not disappointed in you. So then I was like, well, bring it on, man. Yeah. And so I've, I've stayed with that, you know, um, uh, to, you know, I, the reality is I have low serotonin. Yeah. Without a boost, I'm not a very happy person. I'm very sad. And I don't like that. So, uh, and I don't like that for the, my loved ones or my friends. So if, if, if they make antidepressants that lift my serotonin level, I am all for it. And so, and then of course, you've got to be so careful at my age, uh, entering into menopause. You can't be messing around with, uh, any medication. You need to just make sure you're taking care because, you know, menopause in itself, it creates all sorts of ups and downs. Sure. And, uh, and again, uh, so I did things like I quit drinking a, a year and six months ago. I wanted to get that completely out of my system and not, you know, I needed my serotonin lifted and stay there. And if that's what the antidepressant was doing, then that's what I was going to stick with and eating healthier foods. And I knew alcohol was not helping. Uh, so I wanted to take that completely. And I owe that to my mom as well. Uh, to be as clear-headed as possible. So again, and to be as 
healing as possible. You know, we're never going to be healed until we get to heaven, right? So it's like, I want to be, I want to uh, continue on this healing uh, journey with God so that my wounds and my insecurities are always at his altar and uh, I'm getting uh, stronger and wiser and more at peace for Love her that. and for me and my loved ones and my friends and my coworkers. <laughs> absolutely. Sure, absolutely. It's, it's crazy to think of you as a sad person because I've gotten to know you pretty well from being on THV uh, so frequently. I'm honored that you guys call me back over and over. So I've gotten to know you and Ashley and today Craig O'Neill and you guys are just so positive and uplifting. So it's crazy to me to think of you as being a sad person or as being a different Theba than how I know you. So if I uh, stay in the moment, if I stay in the moment, then I am, I have joy, you know, sure. I'm, I'm not yeah. going to say I'm happy, but I have contentment and joy. If I get in my head and I start thinking about what may come, you know, with my mom or anything, my job, if I start worrying about the future, then that's when it really takes a heavy toll um and i'll be in my head and i can't enjoy being in the present moment and i so want to be that kind of bond servant uh for my heavenly father when he calls upon me to be that uh and be able to share with others where my joy and peace comes from even if i'm having a moment or even if i'm sad um so it's just uh i appreciate you saying that it, it is if i'm smiling it is authentic um and um but i just i i know that i'm the type of person that needs to have a, a nice little serotonin lift sure. so i think there's nothing wrong with that and i think you know we all need that reminder that we're human and you're human you're dealing with a lot and we all have bad days and i think that's part of the learning process you know something I've repeated this every live stream since I heard it. There's an author called Brene Brown. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but something mm -hmm. she says, that we're here not to be right, but to get it right. We're human. We make mistakes. And part of that is we're going to have bad days. We're going to focus on the future. We're going to focus on the past, which is why we have childhood trauma. We can't just get over it. And so I think uh, I hate to hear you get so down on yourself because you do humanly things like think too far in the future, too far in the past. And instead of staying present, I think we right. all need to learn that, which is well, the pandemic sure helped that sure. Helped oh, gosh. Put me yeah. in the present and all of us, didn't it? Girl. Yeah. Talk about a struggle. We all had to a, kind of realign ourselves. Yeah. But it was also a real beautiful thing to me and I don't want to lose what, the gifting of that as well um Absolutely. of being in the moment being in the day because you didn't know what the next day truly held um so sure it's um it is a uh, very true and yeah if you if you're if especially at night when you get tired Right. Yeah, and so yeah. you're already going to be tired. You're getting older I'm menopausal. I'm going to get tired. I'm going to get more fatigued. You have to be so very careful uh, what you entertain, the thoughts you entertain, because they can really put you in a funk. So that's when I just get real prayerful and I start having conversations and I remind myself who I am and in him. And, uh, and, I rem and I always remind myself that he has always been there and, in everything that I've been through. So uh, that helps get me up. 
right there and I can go to bed. I can go to bed knowing I'm tired and I feel a little defeated, but I look forward to the next morning um, rested and know that my mindset uh, will be focused. And, you know, my favorite thing is when she comes down the hall and I have already fixed coffee and we call my room the little cave. I have one of those uh, beds to go. So (laughs) my bed is more comfortable. She has one also, but my bed's more comfortable. We don't even sit in the den anymore because then the cats can come in. But something that I want to share with people is that when they, when you get into a comfortable space, which we are now, I'm talking about a comfortable space uh, emotionally and psychologically with each other. Then it's also physically a real important uh, I, I began to see uh, that if we sat in the den, it, the, the den was too big. Um, and she would sit in her chair and my, I would usually be on the couch. So I was behind her and that would make her uncomfortable. She needed to see me. And shortly uh, when we, when I realized that was during the ice storm uh, that we had, because we, we stayed in my room a lot to watch TV and it was warm and we'd get our hot chocolate and the cats would come in there, but she would look over. And my dad used to do that too. They weren't, they're not watching TV. They may look like they're watching TV, but they have no idea what they're watching. And then she likes to touch me. So she'll always, she always touches me. So my physical presence. So having us watching from a comfortable reclining bed, uh, TV, uh, but we've transitioned into that. So she's got her little area and she's got yeah. her little computer and she plays solitaire because she hasn't forgotten how to play that. And then I got mine and then we got the cats. So again, it's, it's not about what TV show we're watching because she isn't watching it. It's that I'm there. Yeah. So when she comes down the hall and I go, the coffee's on and I still want her to make her own coffee because you got to let them do some things because it's also going to help tell you where they are in their phase if all of a sudden she doesn't know how to make coffee, then I've got a problem, right? So then I realize, wow, okay, we we're escalating in this phase. So she'll go get her coffee and come in, and then, um, so yes, it's, and she always has a, a really sweet smile on her face right now. So I every day she does that, I'm like, yes, thank you, yes, thank you for a good morning. I love it. You know, you talked about. Um, we got about 10 minutes left. You talked about support groups, how important those were for you. Mm. And that was something else that you remember I said, I asked people what they wanted to ask you. And something I got frequently was about support groups. So one, you kind of already answered. I was going to say, do you suggest being part of a support group? And you said, yes, for sure. Um, Oh goodness. It was, it was critical. It was critical for me. What are some services in Arkansas that can help with resources or uh, names of support groups? Where can people go from here if they're watching? So obviously on my journey, I've gotten more involved with Alzheimer's Arkansas um, and uh, Arkansas Association. So I think it's Arkansas, Alzheimer's Arkansas. It's, that group is for caretakers. It's caring for caretakers. So that's the perfect place to start. Alzheimer's Association is really geared towards legislating and and, um, they are geared towards education, but they're also geared in fundraising to help find a cure. 
but Alzheimer's Arkansas, they have, they're your, they're your go-to. I would call them. They're going to know the care groups, the, the groups that you can join. They'll get you a list of where they are, what times, because they're spread out through a day period for people who work and they're usually held at churches. Um, so, uh, there's a, that's a great resource. So please call them. Also, it's, a, it's important to know, especially if, um, you are the sole caretaker and you need time away right now. I have someone that, uh, when I need time away comes, um, and, uh, is here for my mom, but my, they have a financial grant too, to help with respite. Um, and so they've got money to give to those who qualify, who are caring. And they also have a grant that's not just for someone who is caring for somebody with Alzheimer's. It could be any disability. So if you need time away, you need some financial resources to get that. I think one of their grants is maybe 300 and the other one's 500. So, um, that's great because this, uh, one of the things that you will learn is that the caretaking is expensive. <laughs> My father had the financial ability um, to pay for 24-7 care at his apartment. And it was massive bill. Um, and that shocked me um, because what I hear right now from so many people they can't afford $20 an hour for somebody to come and sit. And that's, that's standard and it will eat your finances up very, very quickly. Um, one of the things I want to leave very, uh, we talked about uh, power of attorney. Uh, it is so important that you get that. That is such a peace of mind for you. And it is for your parent or your loved one or your husband or your wife too. It's just remember, it's going to be a little bit of a process. They're going to, they're going to be holding on tightly. Yeah. And they're not going to, you know, again, if you have a good relationship with your parents, it's not, that's not going to be the, the trauma. It's the realization that they're giving up things in their life. And so, um, please, as if you're in the cognitive memory impairment situation, begin having that dialogue to get power of attorney, um, because if like with my father, if I didn't do that so quickly with my father, because his type of dementia was so quick, um, you know, he was able to feel empowered. Again, it's about feeling empowered for as long as they can. He was able to sign the paperwork. Yes, I want my daughter to handle this. So then when, when things, doctors, banks and all that, you had a piece of paper and you didn't have a battle with them, you could say, I have power of attorney. Yes, we need to do this for my dad. Difficult conversations, yes, but you've got to have them. Yeah, I can't imagine. Man, uh, I noticed you were wearing your You're Not Alone bracelet. I am. It's a sweet little friend of mine, Townsend, that got it Love for it. me today. Love it. I'm still wearing my shirt from this morning, You're Not Alone. Um, Theba, I am so excited and honored that you joined me on here. It's uh, ever since you started doing the videos with your mom, I was like, I got to chat with her about this, whether on my live stream or just chit chat as friends. Cause like I said, Alzheimer's dementia, all those things really hit home for me. I love the geriatric community and it's just something super special for me. Um, mm -hmm. So I love hearing one-on-one -on -one from a caretaker's point of view, 
all your advice. And like I said, I played a show just this weekend and probably had seven people after the show come up interested in this live stream and just saying, I am basically dying to know what do I do? Where do I go? People don't know. Uh, and it's something that's very frequent and frequently occurring. You know, I, I think I read something that said over 6 million Americans are going to struggle with some type of dementia. And that's a lot. Um, it is. And yeah, we're not ready like, for it. We're not ready we're financially. Not. The state's not ready. Our hospitals aren't ready. We're just not. But I want you all to know that we are making, I'm on um, uh, the committee. I'm sure it's a more sophisticated word than just committee yeah. with Alzheimer's uh, um, Association. And like I, I'm like an advocate now in working with uh, the, the legislative. Um, and I have so much to learn, but that's empowering to me. I need to learn as much as I can and fight for as much as I can because we're headed towards what they are calling uh, a, a pandemic in this area of uh, the aging and with Alzheimer's. Wow, that's, that's wild. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I've learned through mental health. And I want to help spread awareness. So for those of you watching, for Theba, I kind of explained this earlier. The reason I do this, I do play music, yes, but I've gotten really excited and just passionate about mental health uh, as a whole, as an umbrella. So that includes, like you said, being sad. That includes being caretakers. We've got to take care of ourselves. The point of these live streams is to bring people on a huge variety of topics, discuss them, and let somebody out there know that they are not alone. No matter what they're going through, there's someone else out there going through the same thing. You can come to me. That's why my bracelets and shirts have my uh, my name on there. You can message me. I'm happy to uh, set you on your way as far as resources. resources. I can chit chat with you. I also have a You're Not Alone private page on my Facebook. So what this is, is if you get on, you click on it and you want to be invited. Uh, it's the private community for people that just need to talk. So um, like caretakers, you can get on there, chit chat with each other, spread advice, tips, tricks, uh, help spread hope and love throughout the day. So that group, that group is building and I just want to be here to help use my platform as really hope and love and to let people know, like I said, that they're not alone. So Theba, thank mm. you for helping me with that. Thank you. Oh, young lady. I am honored. I look forward to your videos every time you post them. Your mom is precious. I am in awe and truly I recognize your patience and I just, I hope I can practice that patience as well as you do. I know some days it's trying, but it definitely does not go unnoticed. Uh, especially like I said, I've been around dementia for eight, nine years in my career path before I studied, just dove headfirst into music and it is not easy. It is not mm. Well, thank you for offering this platform. And uh, as I mentioned before, I, I, I would not be doing as well if it wasn't for uh, my heavenly father. Uh, so um, I, I would I would be remiss and, and not be myself if I didn't mention him because he's very real in my life. Absolutely. You know, Dina Williams this morning on the THB, y'all had her, she's a life coach. I wanted to chat with her because something she mentioned was you've got your purpose and then that involved, there were the three P's. One was purpose and then she talked about believing in a higher power, whatever that may be. So God, uh, whatever, but you got to believe in something bigger to make your world 
uh, just take it to them, you know? So I love that you have God as your center, as where you go and you take your burdens. And it may not be that for somebody else, but you got to have something to look forward to. Yeah. Well, Theba, I hope y'all have a good evening. Tell your mom hi if she's sitting there just listening, wondering who is blabbing in the background. <laughs> she's funny. Hi. When I talk about her on TV, she, she goes, did I give you permission? I'm calling my lawyer. She's always so funny. She told me she's going to get Ashley, too. Was Ashley talking about me on TV? <laughs> Sign these papers of consent. That's right. Well, tell your cats, give them a rub from us, and I hope y'all have a great evening. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. I Thank know you so you much. somebody's life tonight. Oh, I hope so. I hope Absolutely. so. All right. If y'all have any questions, feel free to reach out to Theba. You can find her on Instagram or Facebook under T Lolly, or send me a message. I'm happy to hit Theba up with any questions you have. We can send you to the right place, the right resources, references. So guys, have a good night. Thank you so much for joining. It's been fantastic. See ya. If you enjoyed this conversation and are interested in becoming a sponsor, feel free to shoot me an email at townsendtmusic at hotmail.com or shoot me a message on any social media platform at townsendtmusic for more information. I would love for you to become a member to help spread awareness that you're not alone. If you're looking to buy or sell, I have the perfect realty company for you. Clark & Co. Realty is located in the Benton, Bryant, Arkansas area. And they understand that buying or selling a home is more than just a transaction. It's a life-changing experience. That's why their team of highly seasoned real estate professionals is dedicated to providing exceptional, personalized services for all their clients. They truly take great pride in the relationships they build, and they always work relentlessly on the client's behalf to help them achieve their perfect real estate goals. They always have the client in mind, and I can speak firsthand when I say how reliable, trustworthy, and quick they were. When I was looking to buy my first home, they were there with me every step of the way, answering every question I could think of. They showed me a great amount of knowledge and patience through the process. It's no wonder they've won so many awards for their outstanding services and their excellent relationships with clients. So if you're looking to buy or sell, there is no better option than Clark & Co Realty. Camp Tanico, located near Hot Springs on the beautiful Lake Catherine, has been a tradition of the United Methodist Church in Arkansas since 1948. The mission here at Camp Tanico is to welcome children, youth, and adults to a place set apart where they can grow in their faith by experiencing God through nature and time spent in community and respond to the call of the Holy Spirit. Christian camps are uniquely capable of impacting lives for Christ. Whether you come as a guest on a retreat or come for a summer session, this is a place where you can release your burdens, find Christ's peace, and rest.